Future Hacker Life Path Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taide, and today we are talking to Paulo Ibri. Paulo is the founder and CEO of the food tech 100 Foods. He has 15 years experience in marketing and sales for consumer goods, worked at Red Bull and Coca-Cola's Verde Campo division, and he's the author of the book High Performance and Impact. That's a free translation here. The name in Portuguese is Alta Performance e Impacto. So as you can see, Paulo is Brazilian. He has been a guest on our Brazilian channel. So, Paulo, it's really great to have you with us here on the on the American channel. It's such a pleasure to get you back. How are you doing today? Hi, Maria. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm fine. Thank you. It's a pleasure speaking with you again. Paulo, Foodtech is one of our dear teams. We have been covering in, in the three channels that we have, you know, the, the, the one in Portuguese, the one in Spanish. I think it's the first time I actually I cover, but, you know, I have a lot to plan on that. One of the things you said when you were a guest on our Brazilian channel, and I found it was really interesting, is how you approach the topic of healthy eating, right? So you said the following, it's not about changing the consumer habits, but giving a new meaning to the food we eat. I absolutely love that. So I'd, I'd love to begin by that, right? So tell us about 100 Foods and tell us about this mission of yours and you know how are you approaching this change of habits versus changing the quality of the food per se sure thank you very much so 100 foods was founded on 2019 it was a, a project of mine together with my partner and the idea for us is to bring healthiness to the people a more healthy eating but we try to look at healthiness at a bigger way you know, a more wider one. So we try to bring healthiness through the people throughout the eating. So that's why we have our products, of course. And we also try to bring healthiness to the ecosystem. So since we only have plant-based products, we have a more sustainable way of producing the products that expand less water, and gives less carbonic gases to the ecosystem. We use less land to produce the vegetables that we use in our product. So the idea here is to bring healthiness in a big way. So big healthiness to the people and bring healthiness to the world so we can leave our legacy to the next generations. Okay, but you know, is plant-based really more sustainable compared to cattle. And the reason why I'm asking that is that, you know, I've seen some opposing views. I'd love to hear your take on that. And, you know, some people comment that depending on, on, uh, on the race, if, if you're actually raising the cattle in a more responsible way, that it can actually be more sustainable. But, you know, that's a, a normal discussion for sure. Whoever is defending the cattle is going to be a meat eater versus vegans. But on the point of view, forgetting this fight and on the point of view of really being sustainable, of conserving the nature, right? How more sustainable is it having a plant-based system? Yeah, I mean, in every segment that is disrupting the market, you always will have different point of views. You know, the guys that are against and there are the guys that are super pros 
and try to develop the segment. And plant-based is no, no different than that. The meat industry is one of the biggest industries that we have all around the world. It's an industry that moves trillion dollars a year at least. So we are talking about a huge, huge segment, like giving you like a stupid comparison is like the cigarettes of the past, you know? So you have like two point of views looking at our propose as a company. Looking at the, the healthiness eating point of view, you have always guys that say that eat meat is better or eat vegan is better. Us as a company, as 100 Foods, we always aim to the balance. Like you, you don't need to stop eating meat or you don't need to stop eating vegetables or eating vegan food. The idea here is to have a balance between the both of them. So that's why we aim a lot in the flexitarian public because they are looking forward to cut the meat at least once a week on their food schedule, but they are not trying to take the meat 100% out. So this is very interesting for us, the, this balance. That's a new term for me. So it's a flexitarian. Exactly. Like looking, I'm not answering 100% of, of your question, but I'm going back afterwards. But the flexitarians are, are these people that are looking to cut the animal meat during some days of the week, but they are not cutting 100%. So they eat during some days, during the weekends, but we are aiming at this balance. So when we look at the consumer's point of view and consumer's interests, the biggest growth of our market, of the plant-based market, comes because of this flexitarian consumer. It's not the vegan, as some people say, or not the vegetarian, it's the flexitarian. These are not speaking only for Brazil. I'm speaking like for the US and for the Europe as well. So this is a huge trend in terms of consumption of food. So looking at this point of view, you have like many ways of eating a meat-based diet, and you also have many ways of eating a plant-based diet. In both of the segments, you can eat like good food, good meat, and you can eat good plant-based meat, not in terms of, of flavor or, or taste, but in terms of healthiness. This is, I'm saying this because this is our approach. So when you raise like cows or chickens in a more sustainable way or with more care, of course, the product is going to be better if you don't use a lot of antibiotics, of GMO to give the food to the animals. So the food that, that the humans will consume after in this chain will be better. And looking for plant-based, you can eat like plant-based food that is full of fats, full of carbohydrates and with small uh, index of proteins. But you can also eat plant-based food that gives you more energy, that makes you well, that have less fat, that is made with a raw material that is more nutritious for you. So you have like different point of views, but in terms of ecosystem and sustainability, a plant-based diet will be more sustainable for the next generations. Because as we see it, the animals are just an intermediate in the food chain that we are used to eat nowadays. So we have the land 
and then we grow the vegetables or the peas or the beans and everything and we give to the animals to eat and then we eat the animals to consume their protein the idea here is to as i said in some days and in some ways cut this middleman so we can consume directly the grain the beans the peas the soy because let's think about a cow she eats like mostly vegetables all day and she's strong she has muscles she has fat she has collagen so this is why we say that we can cut the intermediate so we can have a more sustainable food chain just for you to have an idea to produce like one kilogram of meat for the humans to consume it we use around 17,000 liters of water so if we cut the middleman and use only the land to grow the grains and the beans and other types of vegetables we use less land less water and the human will consume it directly we don't need the cow or we don't need the kitchen in the middle of the way you know Yes, and it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, continue the conversation about this nutritious part that you were mentioning before. I recently read this article about the movement of some vegans going back to their meat eating. And, and, you know, as you said, there's a balance, right? So probably those are radical vegans. But they are going back to their meat eating roots due to health reasons. They are basically being obliged to go back to the meat eating because of the lack of, of nutrition that they're getting. So is plant-based food as nutritious currently, okay, as nutritious to supply the same needs to our body compared to animal protein? Or do we still have some way to go to get there? That's a, a, a really nice question. When we look at the nutritional effects of foods, you have like many ingredients and composites that you need to give your body a healthy eating. So when you become vegan, it's like a, a huge change in your system because most of the people, they, they don't grow up as vegan. They become vegan in the middle of their life. So it's a huge change. Your body is used to consume meat, to consume eggs, maybe to consume milk and cheeses. So this kind of food, like most of the people focus only on carbohydrates and proteins but most of the foods have different nutrients that our body needs. So the way we look at it is that if you are going to do this change with yourself, you need to talk before with a health specialist so you can supplement the ingredients that you still don't have in the plant-based food and that you used to have in the meat diet. You need to supplement this kind of thing. Like one huge example is the vitamin B12. So when you become vegan, you reduce a lot of the vitamin B12 that you always find in, in eggs or in chicken. So you need to supplement with this vitamin. That's the big problem because most people become vegan without any kind of orientation. And you need to rebalance your food schedule in order to have the same nutrients that you used to have with a meat diet. Nonetheless, the plant-based industry is evolving a lot. So we are trying to put more nutrients inside the products so we can give a more nutritious food, a more nutritious meal to our consumers. 
like the main gap for me is not only this, is that the plant-based industry, of course, is, is founded a lot on technology. And we need new technologies to be able to enter in different food segments. Why I'm saying this? Because the plant-based industry as an overall is focused until now on the processed food. So when you see it in Brazil or in the US, we are a lot focused on hamburgers, nuggets, chicken burger, sausage and everything because we still don't have a good technology to do like a, a chicken breast filet. When we do that, when we have this technology, then we will be able to enter in the day-to-day -day meal, like the, the meal that we used to have on Monday, on Tuesday, on Friday. And then the industry will be able to add some nutrients inside this food so the human will be able to have a more health eating with a plant-based diet. Makes sense. And, you know, I want to get back to this point later uh, in our conversation today. But before that, and, and still about, you know, protein sources, I understand there are several sources to be being explored currently. And 100 Foods, you guys are using green peas as a source. Is that right? So I'm wondering why, why that choice? Why green peas? And which other protein sources you see as trends out there? Perfect. Inside 100 Foods, we use peas. We use green peas and we also use yellow peas. Yellow peas is a kind of pea that we are not used to see here in Brazil, for example, but we import them from Europe. The yellow peas gives us the ability to replicate the texture with more efficiency than the green peas for the meat analogs. So if I'm doing like a chicken nuggets, it's better for me as an industry to do with the yellow peas than with the green peas because of the texture of the product and what we call the aftertaste. So we use both kinds of the peas. We are inside here, this is our point of view, we are against using soy. Most of the industry, at least here in Brazil, uses soy. Brazil is one of the great producers of soy all around the world. And of course, because of that, is a cheaper raw material. So the industry focus on this material so they can have a cheaper product for their consumers. But as we said before, you can have like a good meal with a plant-based diet and you can have a trash meal with a plant-based diet. So we are against soy because Most of the soy, like more than 90% of the soy in Brazil is GMO. And we are against GMO here in 100 Foods. We, we don't believe this is healthy for our organism. And also the soy, when you consume a lot during a long period of time, you can have the balance in some of the hormones that we have in our body. And this is even worse when we are speaking about childs and since we have some products that childs like a lot for example the chicken nuggets we as a company and to be aligned with our purpose we don't work with soy only with peas looking at the future point of view we believe that many grains will be able to supply us 
with a good plant-based alternative for proteins. We are talking about beans, lentils, chickpeas. We have like many examples around there, but until now, we don't have like a mass production of these grains to use it in our products, not even here and maybe not even abroad. But this could be in the near future for the industries to use them. That's great, Paolo. And I definitely want to get into the GMO later today as well. I see that we are already getting at the end of the first episode. I still have a lot of questions for you. So stay tuned, everybody. We're still talking to Paolo on episode two of Future of Food. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Future.